Matthew Kachuk? No. No way. Don't. Don't even go there. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates, the other two teams I cover in town. It's not for sure that the Flames are going to trade Kachuk, but Eric Francis of the Calgary Sun and other outlets up there, somebody that I've gotten to know over the years, is a real live reporter, not just a, you know, basement-bound rumor monger or something like that. Boy, is there a lot of that in hockey. He went on a St. Louis radio station yesterday and said that he expects Kachuk to be traded out of Calgary within the week. That's a little specific. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to say, oh, they're thinking about moving him or things aren't going so well or whatever. He gave a timetable. And when you see Johnny Hockey leave the scene the way he did, and you see that Calgary, despite appearing to have a fair amount of talent, not really ever having amounted to much in recent years, you can't help but start to wonder what the Flames are going to do here moving forward, meaning in the immediate future. Do you just kind of blow it up and start over? A lot of teams do that. And the fact that the Flames went into this past playoff against their arch rival, and really, if we're being honest here, it got smoked in all facets, but especially defensively. Now, you've got to start looking in the mirror here, because if you can't beat the Oilers in the playoffs, as one-dimensional as that team is, and as lacking goaltending as that team is, yeah, ouch. So what's this have to do with Pittsburgh? That's what you're wondering, right? Well, nothing, okay? But Kachuk is out there. And here's why I bring this up in a Pittsburgh context. If you were able to get a player like this, and the Penguins will not and cannot, you can do anything, man. You had a 24-year-old left winger who's coming off a season in which he put together 42 goals, 62 assists, 61 penalty minutes because of his rugged style of play. My friends, this is a unicorn. That is exactly what this is. Not just this player, but this situation. By some advanced analytics, Matthew Kachuk is considered one of the top five players in all of hockey. All of hockey. We're talking like right up there with McDavid, McCarr, Matthews, Kachuk. Unicorn. And I'm here to tell you that there isn't a problem the Penguins have had over the past two, three years that I haven't thought to myself, not very often out loud, but that either of the Kachuks, in particular Matthew, couldn't solve. Big, strong, fast, scores, a pretty decent playmaker, and he'll tear your head off in an attempt to win. And if that sounds old school, go ahead and bury me for it. I couldn't care less. Don't tell me you wouldn't want him on your team, even if it was just for that stuff. And within that, Bearing in mind that I'm not a general manager and I don't have to be responsible, there's nothing, 
There's nothing Calgary could say to me that it'd be too much. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. If you're a long-time listener or reader, you'll know that I don't do a whole lot of this. I don't do a whole lot of uh, fantasy-type trading, uh, hypotheticals. Uh, It's not my thing. I I cover way too much real stuff to engage in pipe dreams and fake stuff. But I do think there is something to be gained from this particular line of thinking. And, And here's what it is. If you're Ron Hextall... And you have, you know, actual responsibilities and cap space to manage and that sort of thing. What is your number one priority to add to this roster in order to make it not competitive, but a contender? What would that be? I see here and read a lot of people referring to the bottom six. Like, man, if you can really build up that bottom six, there'll be something... I'm not ready to close off the top six. I've mentioned that this week on the show. I don't look at the top six and say, well, that's absolutely done because Jason Zucker's there. You don't even know if he's going to be available, let alone if he's going to produce. But what you can be fairly sure of is that he's not going to just blossom into some elite left winger. He's not. And neither is anyone else on the roster or anyone else they might bring back. And I'm thinking of Danton Heinen in particular. Heinen turned out to be a pretty nice player. Pleasant surprise. Tons of even strength goals. Do you see him as a guy that you have on your top six when you're contending? Eh, You know? So just having fun here, and allow me this, just this one time. If you can take a player who's 24 years old, who just came off a year in which he had 42 goals, 62 assists. Why wouldn't you attempt to move heaven and earth to get this player to Pittsburgh? Because he's one of those amazingly rare players who you don't have to wait five, six years on to get. You don't have to wait to get him till he's about to cross 30 years old. And as a result, you won't feel anywhere near as uncomfortable in giving up draft picks. Yeah, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. That's fine. I know. I still want them to keep their draft picks and everything else here. But this is Matthew Kachuk. This is everything that you need. You know, the more I the more I go on about this, the worse it's going to end up for me. I'm just saying that this team, I think, needs to be open-minded to getting an impact left winger to play along with Evgeny Malkin. If you're going to make this kind of investment that the Penguins just made in keeping that core together, and Gino's an investment too, just because he took a pay cut doesn't mean $6 million a year is nothing. You've got to have a solid top six. No, 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 wait. You've got to have a terrific top six because your clear and stated objective is to attempt to win another cup within the final three years that you know you're going to have Sidney Crosby, right? Okay, well, then go right ahead and give it your best shot. 
when we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Mike, who asks, what are your thoughts on the Jeff Petrie deal being about getting a legit top-end defenseman for the second line to play behind? I thought Mike Matheson was a huge plus last year in this regard, but maybe Petrie is a step up. Uh, He is, Mike. He is. And I think as the rest of this summer goes by and then the Penguins open up training camp, and of course, once the season gets going, you're going to see this with your own eyes. This isn't something that uh, I or anybody else would need to be concocting after the fact just because the Penguins made a trade for him. Uh, he's just a better hockey player overall, in addition to the offense that Petrie brings. And that's probably the one area where you can find them as being comparable and maybe even give a bit of an edge to Matheson because he can do some superhuman things on his skates. But, you know, even there, Petrie's been a more productive player offensively than Matheson has. Petrie is much better defensively. Petrie is much more physical. Petrie is easily capable of playing either side. When you see him on the left side, even though he's obviously a right-handed shot, his style over there will remind you a lot of the way Mark Friedman plays when he's on the left side. And I'm not comparing their their pedigree or whatever. I'm just talking about the style, their approach to the game. Uh, he loves to use the inside of the rink, and he'll happily turn toward the inside when he's over on his left. And he can make a lot happen over there. Again, not just offensively, but in all three zones. Look, all I need to say here is that a couple of years ago, Petrie was in a very real conversation for the Norris Trophy halfway through the regular season. Now, I've said that a couple of times this week on the show, and it probably sounds as if like you know, he perished in the second half. He didn't. He was okay. But in the first half, he was being talked about in the same tones as, you know, guys who ended up Norris finalists. That's how effective he was for Montreal. And way more important than that, when they got to the final, he became a force. He became something that opponents had to reckon with almost as much as they had to with Carey Price and Shea Weber. I'm going to put this in blunt language here. The Penguins upgraded in that trade, just that portion of it, just Petrie for Matheson. If you start getting into uh, ages and cap hits and other things that are real, it, it gets a little murkier. But when you're talking about the caliber of player right now, and I believe heading into the coming season, Petrie's a better guy, and he's going to be a better fit for what this team needs than Matheson was. I'll tell you this much. He won't need any babysitting. He won't need anybody the way Todd Reardon had to with Matheson. And by the way, credit to both of them that it, that it worked as well as it did, giving him a list 
of stuff he can't do that he's not allowed to do in the defensive zone just because he wasn't trusted. Petrie's a grown-up. Petrie will take care of all that stuff. This is a really good hockey player, my friends. You will be happy with Petrie. You're going to have to take my word for that right now or just, you know, pop in some video. What else are you going to do? They don't play until the first week of October. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We will do another one tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.